Blog Talk Radio. Priestess and the Cauldron, a podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room closet professional witches with over 70 years combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Oh, did it echo? Yes, there is an echo. Oh, I wonder what. Let's see. See, we're 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 needing to get fine-tuned today. There, that should be better. There we go. Much, much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and we're back live, and that's saying a lot for both of us, which we were both <laughs> lamenting prior to the show, the energies that have been dragging us all kind of slower and slower and slower. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but, um, you know, here we are getting, you know, all ready for the, the coming Samhain holiday for us. It's very exciting. And, um, of course, for the United States, we're getting ready for an election after Samhain and also the Day of the Dead. So this will be yeah. interesting. But um, so what was your week like? I know, you know, we usually ask that question to get things kick-started. So let's kick-start it. Yeah, uh, it's been a busy week. This is October for retail businesses. October is when you do all of the stuff to get ready for the holiday rush. So this week has been the main uh, focus. <laughs> it's been basically all of my regular busy job stuff has been set by the wayside or ignored or. Uh, let to lay fallow for a minute while I've focused on, on that stuff. And so now I'm feeling utterly behind in, in many places, but you know, good and busy and, and all of that fun stuff, but just, um, 
I'm feeling behind because I had extra things to do this week, you know. You know how it goes. Yeah, I do, actually. Um, Not only from the old days when I actually had a store and I remember what the buying was like and the franticness and then getting everything together. And because, as you know and I know, the holidays are coming up and that for retail is a very big time, period. So I get it. And I... I mean, I have to say this. I don't miss it, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like it, actually. It's fun. You know, I have a lot of Venus power in my chart. So, you know, the whole purchasing and decorating and putting things out, like that's I find a lot of fun in that process. But it was just a little too much of that this week. I should have spread it out over a couple of weeks. but, But, yeah, my partner is leaving to go on a business trip, so I was trying to do it all while he was still here, and it was just a little too much, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, well, it kind of has been that, that, well, for a lot of people, I know that being at Lucky Mojo for the last, you know, the first three days of this week, everybody was in, you know, kind of like, felt like they were flattened pancakes because of all mm-hmm. the energy that they expended last week around the apprenticeship program that Miss Cat put out. I know oh, okay. I was feeling, yeah, I was that, you know, it's kind of that feeling of, you know, like a lot of energy goes out and then you're kind of flat, but you still have to keep going. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, other than that, um, everything else, I did take a peek at your store today. I kind of had some extra time to kind of while away while I waited for my dogs at the groomers, and so I popped in there, and I really, really like some of the things that you've got put in there, the the stones and the way you've rearranged the store. It's really nice. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Since obviously it's one of my haunts. Not it used to be a haunt when I used to just go by. Now that I you know do readings there, it's kind of like even more dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, mm-hmm. but so there you are. Sounds like a a um, hopping week, and I know the weekend. Yeah. Even though you're sort of putting in time, um, to get time to you know maybe catch up it's also been your time to you know have at least one day to chill yeah not this weekend tomorrow there's a gem fair so i'm off to the gem fair tomorrow i mean it's all fun stuff like i don't want it to sound like i'm oh i have to work and buy pretty things and go look at beautiful rocks like right right i'm not but you know it's just it's it's a very very busy time um yeah and and of course like you know i have a 16 year old i'm sure i've mentioned that a few hundred times on the show but she this week she was the queen of telling me like oh I have this thing and it's today or oh I have this thing and it's tomorrow or oh oh I need money for this and it's 50 bucks and I need it tomorrow like oh kid you're killing me (laughs) see but you have something you can justify at I don't. I either have, you know, the dentist saying, by the way, we need an extra this, or the car saying, by the way, I need an extra yeah. that. Yeah. It's non. It's not a kid. I would sometimes much rather that it were. I would feel better about being grumpy but still putting it out, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So, oh, well. But anyhow. Yeah. So. Yeah, how are you doing? Well, You're busy um, too, right? 
Yeah, well, obviously my busy is more, you know, doing parties and doing events, and there's very, very much a part of this month, and right up the, you know, Wiccan, pagan, woo-y side of my world. So the Mystic Fair did beautifully. It was a really great oh, event. It, it, I was very, very busy, and I was very blessed with some really, I talked really to a couple people. people who saw you, and they said, Elvira was booked solid. Back. Uh, Polly, one of the other readers at Milk and Honey, she said, I don't even think Elvira saw me. She was so busy. <laughs> no, I didn't, actually. And I felt really bad when I saw her today because she said, I was there, and I'm going, I didn't see you. My my, yeah. my stepdaughter did and, you know, kids, my kids, they, they saw her. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. It's good to be that busy at a fair. Yeah, I mean, I was really like, okay, there are two things I need, bathroom break and coffee break, and those are the only things that I physically got up and went to go do. And, you know, I didn't even see much of the vendors except the front quarter that I could quickly buzz in and out quickly on way back from coffee. But it was good, and it was very um, – they did finally have um, – uh, a couple of belly dancers uh, came in on Sunday and uh, did some belly dancing, so that was really nice, and it, it was really good. So that was kind of a keynote of um, of that fair. Has always been the fact that they had these really great belly dancers for both days, but so that was yeah. good. And then the rest of it is, you know, this week is, you know, for me, I was kind of as I we were talking before, bitching a little, just that, you know, it's, it's, people are not happy, people are having problems, and we do have a Venus retrograde with whatever Mm -hmm. else we want to add to planets attached to it or places it's at, and believe me, it's all about that, and I, you know, understand it, but it just is like, megatonnage of stuff and so you know it's kind of like uh okay i have to come home and i've been taking salt and vinegar baths every time i get home because it's like mm. ah, just have to get it off but um other than that you know i'm excited about what's coming up and of course our our show which you know it's interesting because it was it's on hand fasting and hand parting and I never really thought about the hand parting process because whenever I've dealt with a marriage mostly mine it was usually a civil marriage which means not civil sometimes in uh, emotion and words but you know dealing with the governmental side of marrying or divorcing and right. it never the contract. had the contract side of it, and, you know, the the vows and everything were part of it, but there was never any kind of um, ceremony of breaking apart. It was always just, okay, we're done, we hate each other, or it's time to get on, and we go through the divorce, and then we all go our separate ways, rather than, as I started, you know, getting more reading done, how it seemed like a very... um, civilized way to do it Mm. without necessarily going through all the other stuff. I mean, you know, partners saying we can't make it. We can't make it and going on. So, but we'll get to that after we've gone to... talking about that. (laughs) Do we want to start backwards and do the hand parting first? Yeah, let's do that. That's (laughs) definitely... um, 
you know, the reverse. I can I can handle that. I think I I think it'll be a a bit of an interesting uh, yeah. way of doing it. Okay, so hand parting. Yeah. Uh, it's more of a term I think of modern, you know, witches than it was oh, yeah. in the old days. Absolutely. Uh, you know, because of the way they they have it, but. Um, and it's interesting because what I kind of got out of it was that, you know, it's when the, the, it's a ceremony, ceremony to dissolve the partnership. And I thought about this as, you know, we call it a hand parting because of the hand fasting, but you know, there are all kinds of partnerships and a lot of them would do well to look at something like this, like if a store is going to go, you know, is going to change hands or you're closing something or you're ending a, a literal partnership that you are breaking apart as a business relationship or, you know, even a friendship, it seemed right. like it could go into a lot more. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would say, you know, the the concept of a hand parting um is not as old as the concept of a hand fasting because a hand fasting was supposed to be renewed, right? So right. Um, we've, we've definitely taken the modern idea of marriage and, and instead of, you know, having a wedding, many witches and modern pagans have a hand fasting. And so it becomes just like a wedding, but with a pagan twist. So a hand parting is, you know, just like a divorce, but with a pagan right. twist. And I actually have had a hand parting ceremony. I think um, it's probably pretty rare. Um, however, there's this new movement, and, and I blame Gwyneth Paltrow for a lot of things that have gone kind of to the mainstream. But Gwyneth uh-huh. Paltrow had, she called it conscious uncoupling. And her and whatever the, Chris, whatever his name is, her husband, when they got divorced, they had a conscious uncoupling and they, you know, because they had children together and they wanted to remain friends and they wanted to remain co-parents in a healthy way, which all Uh of this is good. I just can't help, like, the the conscious uncoupling sounds so bougie and ridiculous, but it's actually a beautiful idea. And that is the same concept of a hand parting. So, so it is starting to go a little bit mainstream um, because there are people who are now more trying to be more conscious about their relationship ending. Uh, uh-huh. And I think that's, that's good. It's not always easy. It's not always possible. And, and, you know, I have found more often than not one party is more willing to stay amicable than another when, um, when it comes to, divorce and breaking up and relationships ending but when it's possible because it's hard and it hurts and you know we don't and and sometimes one person wants the relationship over and the other person doesn't and it's hard to get along when you're having that tension right Um, but when you can find common ground and when you can uh, find a place where you can spiritually disengaged, I think it's really good because especially with a hand fasting, you've gone into a spiritual commitment. To me, it makes sense to spiritually take back that commitment and unbind yourself from each other. And that's what my ex-husband and I did. 
Mm-hmm. When we were hand fasted, we used a very specific tie to tie our hands together during the ritual. And when we had our hand parting, we had a little ritual and we ceremoniously together cut our binding in half and he kept mm-hmm. one piece and I kept one piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was simple. We didn't have a party. We didn't invite <laughs> people over. We just, right. just the two of us, we did it ourselves and we were very conscientious about removing the spiritual ties that we had created together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that happened probably a year after we broke up because at first it was too tender Mm -hmm. But but it needed to be done, you know. So I think it's it's a hard thing to do, especially if you and your former spouse are in coven together. If you're in a Mm -hmm. coven or a working group and you decide that neither of you are willing to leave that group, you both want to continue to maintain your ties to the coven, then it is a smart thing to do. And it is a smart thing to have the coven be a part of. Of course, of course. As painful as it might be. Yeah, well, because, you know, there are things that when I was, you know, I mean, there wasn't a lot written about this. There isn't really a whole lot people, you know, have said much about. But, you know, they talk about that, you know, you, you sit down. Now, you did it between the two of you, which is. Very, very, I mean, there is no right and wrong way. Let's just put it that way. And they're usually, you know, if it is a coven and you are part, you want to be still a part of the coven, both of you, then obviously the couple and the coven and your children, if they're there, you know, you have children, be there because all of these people are integrated into what was woven together and now must be disconnected in a meaningful way rather than just, you know, take a huge knife, a sword, and just slash through everything. And one of the things they were talking about in one of the articles I was reading was, you know, the the couple sitting down with the priest or the priest and the priestess and working out fair division of property and, you know, of the support of the children and things like that, meaning it's almost like a precursor to what would be if you were formally married with, you know, the government and civil uh, government, you would have to go through anyway. But then you have it written down, and then you both sign it to, you know, all sign it to record it and make it, uh, you know, binding in that way. And, of course, that presents you with another version of a binding um, to go to divorce, to the if you right. actually did a civil, you know, a governmental, federal, state binding of a marriage. Uh, right. And if somebody isn't available, it's interesting that they actually said something that if one of the people is not available for the right, meaning any ritual you're going to do, is mm-hmm. that for some reason be it relocation, illness, or you just didn't want to be there, um, right. that you get someone of the appropriate sex to stand in. But they must, prior to doing this, it can only take place if the other person has actually agreed and signed whatever is going on, meaning you have to have the missing person as part mm-hmm. of it, you know, in terms yeah. of that. So, you know, you get into some little maneuverings if you're going to use something like that. But 
I the think idea that someone they... needs to have a hand parting, though, like let's say you were in an abusive relationship and you were hand fasted and it's important that you cut those ties, they uh-huh. do the ritual, whether you have another person to stand in for them or not, like you can cut those ties without another yeah. human being and do a hand parting. And there's no, like, again, it's great if the two of you can be amicable and work through it and do this ritual together. And if that's not possible, that doesn't mean you don't deserve to have this ritual process. Do it without them. You can do of course. it. You know? Of course. <laughs> because the, the, the whole point here is, is that, again, it's, it's the releasing of that energy as much as it is the, the binding of that energy. And exactly. um, so, but, yeah, it's... it's um, it's a lot. I think in this, it's a lot simpler because you're you're ending it, so you make a conscious point of you know like it's a dissolving of it rather than the buildup on the opposite side of hand fasting is the ceremony and the joy and the the altar and the flowers and all the other stuff. Right. So, but yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anything else you want to say about hand parting? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, maybe something might come up as we go along, but I mean, I think that's pretty much it. Do it. It'll be good for you. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's another part of this that may be said, um, you know, just listening to you and and my mind kind of going is that sometimes (sighs) to be present in the now, the releasing of the past must happen, whatever that situation is and if it's a hand fasting a partnership of whatever kind and the persons are no longer able to get to get you know for one reason or another you you do the hand parting i believe it's also important and i'm going to be this may be controversial it is also important when you have a partner that passes sure and I think that it's it's not about not ever, you know, having that energy of that person from, you know, from beyond be part of your life, but that you bring your energy present. Right. So, um, and, you know, I don't right. know if you have to do it as a hand parting. I know that when my husband passed, um, I actually had shamanic soul retrieval work done to... Mm move the energies that had gone either, you know, to be with him, to stay with him on the non-physical in that format to come back here and be present and to be whole. And I think it wasn't, um, it wasn't specifically done as a hand parting, but I believe that that was, you know, my intent was to, to become whole again, even though my, this person had left the plane and they were my my husband and my love and you know that kind of stuff right so so is that there is that to look at too yeah absolutely it's you know it's with any relationship when you need to release that relationship because there's you and there's the other person or persons and then there's that relationship and Mm -hmm. sometimes we need to release that and let that you know have that closure Right, um, and it can look lots of different ways, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know what I've been noticing a lot in this current wave of of interest in witchcraft and paganism is people wanting step by step instructions on how to do stuff, 
Um, and I think I probably did that too at first. I don't know. It feels like it was 8 million years ago, but, uh, but you have to kind of be willing to just make things up that feel right for you, you know? So if you've had a partner that's passed or if you had a partner who you've divorced, or if you have a partner who you want to do a ritual to unbind yourselves from each other, like you don't have to go and find a ritual that someone else wrote. You can create it and trust your instincts on how to do it and what would be best. Right. Some of these, you know, there's so many possibilities, and there's not necessarily going to be a perfect fit for every possibility. So you have to be willing to create something yourself. And you know that that can lead us into sort of preliminary because we will break for our, you know, I do our little commercial break, but it yeah. goes into yeah. the hand fasting part, which is even in the hand fasting part of putting yourself into a union, there is no given ritual. It is what right. you make it to be. And I think it's, um, we can go into the whys and wherefores of why, you know, what it, you know, what we see it as and what it started, what what ancient times was and blah, blah, blah. But I think it's more, just to say, it's more about what it is in bet- between the two people and what it means and what they want it to mean and say. Right. So. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. yep. So do we want to do a quick, um, I mean, we've got five, at least from what I'm seeing, five minutes. So we can either quickly do our um, commercial and then come back and spend the rest of the time, or we can sort of start in on yeah. something about him. Now, let's take our break real quick, and then we got that out of the way. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, we're right. breaking now. All right, we'll be back in a minute. Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Condrum and Holly. Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain. Tuesdays, 5 to 6. Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse. Fridays, 4 to 5. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay. Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Well, that's refreshing. <laughs> okay, well, hand fasting. Hand fasting. Um, yes. Actually, I found several different ways to describe that. I mean, they call it trysting and promising ritual. And, you know, it never had marriage, by the way. It always was, you know, that was another term that came up, I think, when you got into more Christian structured uh, ways of bonding, so to speak. So Yeah. 
but um, do you want to start off with something, you know, about that? I I kind of will let sit back and see what you say. Hand, on hand fasting? Mm-hmm. Sure. So Yay. I think the rumor of around hand fasting, like what I think what most people would take for granted is that it's this old Celtic ceremony. And I think that's mostly untrue now. Like I think that's been proven to be, you know, shaky history at best. But it's fine, you know. I, I still like it. One of the um, one of the myths, although who knows? Like I take everything with a grain of salt. But one of the stories is a, is a, the hand fasting refers to actually hand tying, right? And that the uh-huh. man and woman, or the couple, or the husband and husband, or whoever, the people getting um, committed to each other, hold hands, and their hands are bound together, and that represents the bonds of this commitment and their bondage to each other. And the, one of the jokes, being very heteronormative for a moment, was that this was um, tying them together so the woman couldn't run away because, you know, women were property and you were sold to your husband, although a dowry was given. So I still don't quite understand how all of that comes together. But basically, you, uh, uh, the woman was tied to the man and couldn't run away. Ha, ha, ha. I don't think it's funny. But... There we go. That's one of the that's one of the rumors of its historical context, uh, but basically it represents the binding. And because what what is tricky, uh, and this is our modern culture that makes this tricky, is that marriage is a relatively new concept um, from a historical perspective, and it uh, it used to be a religious commitment, and it had different meanings based on the different religion you may have been a part of then at some point it became a um, financial thing and you know we know about dowries and and people marrying in order to bond tribes together and that kind of crap but how many people were the rich people not that many just like Uh now (laughs) most of us aren't like the one percent right so right. it was those people that were being married for those reasons. It was those people who had large dowries. Most of the common folks, it wasn't really like that. It was much more boring and normal and bland. And so there wasn't a big to-do around some of these commitments. People just decided that they were going to commit to each other. And honestly, Christianity changed a lot of that because you couldn't have sex until you were married and that kind of fun tabooness. Um, right. So, but this whole idea is relatively new. But, but basically, the hand fasting concept, as it's become to mean in modern paganism and modern witchcraft, is a bonding of two people. And just like an initiation period is like a year and a day, the initiation of a hand fasting is a year and a day. So you have your ritual, your ceremony, and then you have a year and a day to try it out. And right. I know many couples who um, do their year. And then they do a recommitment or a re- another hand fasting, and every year they get re-hand fasted. And I know other couples who have looked at it as a, um, our, we have our year-and-a-day trial period, and then we get legally married. And uh-huh. I, I know other couples still who do it as a year-and-a-day, and then now at, at that anniversary, it's official and they're together, right? So there's uh-huh. lots of ways you can even work with that word. Right. Yeah. Right. And I know that in some instances, one of the the things I was looking at was talking about all, I mean, from like the Mayan and South 
South America and the Hindu Vedic in the Middle East and the Celtic, you know, and the uh, culture in uh, Scotland and, you know, Ireland and all, they're all part of the same point of reference of to get, joining, joining right. these two people. And it was, so it's, it's something that's been a part of all of the cultures and civilizations and things. What's happened, I think, and this, you know, we're going to get into a little bit of, you know, the patriarch-matriarch process is that there was more need when the patriarch took over to follow right. a deline- delineated lineage of inheritance, whether it was your cows or it was, you know, the lands. But it became really important, and why they had to stay virginal was you couldn't, you know, have been, you know, you could have somebody, somebody coming in and saying, well, it's, you know, this is part of my, you know, inheritance, and it's like, no, you're not from my body, and so you can't do that kind of thing. So I understand the way it moved into what is now our present day, which in some instances still holds true in some of it, and probably not as much realistically in the masses um, in terms of that, but you know they they talk about um, and it's funny because you think about what we call ham fasting. It's like bonds of marriage and matrimony and tying the knot and you know hand in marriage. You know these are terms that have been used so consistently. They had to come from somewhere, and mm-hmm. I think this far, far back time we have no written knowledge or lineage about had that had that uh, seeds in it, and that's, you know, kind of where it came from. So, um, and there is the concept of using a cord or a ribbon or twine or mm-hmm. scarf or something. And interesting, now this is something I found really kind of provo- provi- provocative in my, blah, blah, mm. blah, excuse me, mm. is mm, that... You tell. Yes, provocative, is that it became, there's there's like a ceremonial, you know, announcement in marriage, and the living together and the the coming together of two people in their lives in this present Mm -hmm. lifetime. And then there is another version, which fascinated me, because then that goes to what is concept as soulmates. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, at one point, I... You know, there is a philosophy about soulmates, and, you know, so I have to say I believe in that, but not in the the way that it has been mocked up recently in the more modern right. terminology. Romanticized. Yes, it has. Yeah. But it's, when, it, when you bond on one level, and parting is easier, but when you bond and you choose the deeper level, Mm-hmm. then I believe you're looking at, a, you know, the, again, they, they talk about it in this particular um, article that I was reading it. They talk about it. It's really much deeper, and it takes a lot more, and it may be that you don't want to get um, hand-parted or parted from the soul of this individual but from the physical being. So it's really kind of, it, it intrigued me to start looking at it a little bit differently, but not so romanticized as soulmates have suddenly become. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I think that's problematic. And we, we, I feel like we just talked about this. Maybe it was on a recent episode, 
But I feel this concept of, of soulmate is very problematic. And I think the way that, that love is romanticized in, uh, in our overculture, you know, you can't watch a television show or movie or even read a book without love and commitment and, and monogamy to a certain extent, really, really being romanticized. Like it's this perfect spotless ideal, you know, you fall in the depths of love and it's perfect forever. And relationships aren't like that, whether you're in a poly relationship in a monogamous relationship, whatever it is, it is never that easy or that simple. And when you step into commitment, with someone when you agree to take on the commitment of a hand fasting, you know, if you think of the, um, the, what it not oath, that's not the right word. What vows, the vows Bow. that people take in a more traditional wedding, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you've heard it on TV a million times in sickness and in health for richer, for poor till death do us part, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's the Christian style uh, mm-hmm. that's even been put into civil ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically the point is, hey, are you committing to be with this person even when it fucking sucks, even when you see them, even when it's hard? Like, are you willing to stick it out even when it doesn't feel as beautiful as it does on this blessed day of your marriage, you know? And that's what right. it's about. And, that's, and when you add, for me at least, when you add the spiritual component, it takes on an even heavier burden. It takes right. it to the next level. It takes it like... You know, this isn't just signing a contract. You can marry anybody. You could go to City Hall and marry anybody. You don't have to have feelings. You don't have to be committed. You don't have to be dedicated <laughs> to each other. Right. You know, but a hand fasting, you're not going to go through the extra step of the spiritual connection if you don't have a connection. Right. Right. Yeah. And and that process, whatever the spiritual beliefs and, and tradition that you are in or from or part of this this ceremony is just that. It's it's the connection you form on that level and it's you know it's work. You know, we talk about work being work. Well, you know, relationship be again in any partnership, whether it's a love relationship or a business relationship, it's work. And you have to be willing to be less selfish, not forgetting mm-hmm. yourself altogether, but starting to look at what they use as the third entity, which is the relationship. Right. You know, it's easy for us to look at a third entity when we create a child, you know, an actual yeah. living, breathing little child that's out there, and we go, yes, that's, you know, from you and me, and that's the third being, and that's what we, you know, our future. and other. But the, the, the actual relationship is the third entity prior to anything else coming in. Right. So it needs to be nurtured and, and worked on and cared for. And, you know, I always used to laugh. I didn't do this truthfully, but I laughed and, and said this way from – my first marriage forward, is that we have a renewal time, a renewal contract, you know, like you get five years and then you renew it, you up for another five or whatever. And truthfully, I didn't realize when I was making that joke, when I came into this process of of my life of, you know, working and and becoming who I am as a, as a witch and a pagan, 
that really that's what this is, you know, whatever you're doing in terms of a relationship and hand fasting or marriage or however you're defining it, there is a certain point where you have to look at it as um, a revision, like, excuse me, uh, do we really want to be doing this? Because none of us stay the same from the time that we get married or we go hand fasting. Mm -hmm. We can't because we're growing. It'd be like saying you're going to stay as that little tree and never grow and never do anything. Even bonsais are pruned down. Right. You know, so, yeah. uh, but, and that's why I think the the renewal vows are important because we get to say, where we are at the moment in our lives, not where we were back a year and a day ago or however long you want to, you know, do your renewal vows in. Um, Right. And, you know, things that were important at one point might not be important at another. One thing I did want to mention, and and it's kind of trippy because I found this is like, okay, you have knots. You know, a lot of people just wrap it around and tie one knot or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. This one article talked about, the more common knots being like the fisherman's knot and the mystic knot and the trinity knot Mm -hmm. and the infinity Mm -hmm. knot. And I'm thinking they all have meaning. So what is it that you choose as that which binds you? What does that mean? You know, I mean, it it can be very, very simplistic and easy and just like, whoop, that we are, slip knot, and there we are. Um, Or it can have (laughs) even more meaning. I didn't say slipknot, did I? Yes, I did. It is a knot, actually. But I was I was fascinated because I was like looking at that, going, "Wow!" I mean, you can really, you know, I never really thought about the different um, finessing ways you can do this. You know, like little things that you can add that are very potent. You know, it's like, well, two goblets, two rings, two candles, you know, the the, the two scarves, you put the, you know, people together, they, that, that's it, you know, mm-hmm. boom, the end. But a lot more can be added in layers. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So, and um, interesting enough, um, in the Hawaiian tradition, and this is the ancient Hawaiian tradition, this was what the, when I asked the kahuna to marry to officiate, um, he pointed out that he had returned his official, um, how do I put it, certification. He re- he was no longer legally able to marry, but the spiritual. And so we wound up with, and this is a lot of times what you can do if you want to add the the hand fasting or the binding time in a spiritual way, but you want to add, you you have the other. So I got a Unitarian Universalist minister to actually say certain words that would be necessary and then sign the document. But um, the Hawaiians say you're marrying the family. So we had kids, Mm. they had to be there. Okay, they had to say yes too. It was part of the right. dynamic. You were you weren't just you know the two of you, unless of course you were just the two of you. But if you had other family that were biological with you, you needed to be there. And right. I was you know I was kind of like okay, <laughs> and, and of course um, my daughter had been raised in this kind of environment, so it wasn't as, as bizarre. But she was hitting twelve, so it was not. It was like the Mom, really, kind of thing. <laughs> but um, 
my husband's son was a lot older, and he kind of thought it was kind of, wow, this is trippy, you know, as opposed to like, oh, great, I've got a strange, you know, mother, stepmother that's coming into my life. But right, they all right. they all did it. But they actually, and they do it by twining a specific vine that's very sacred, but also um, only there in um, in Hawaii. That you do the you twine with the wine, the the vine. You mm. put the vine around. And you put it around each of us, and then the children as well. So, nice. nice. Yeah, it was like wow. See, and that just shows like if the families don't look like a nuclear family, that's not. That's so, like, that is the minority now, the nuclear family, <laughs> you know? So so create a, a ritual that fits for your situation, for how many partners are stepping into this commitment, whether there's children, whether there's fur babies, you know? If you're, are you combining households and taking on a dog together? Like, there, there's ways to ritualize all of this. And what it is, because we did a whole series on rites of passage, and it's uh-huh. just dawning on me that this is a rite of passage. Like, this could have been in our series of rites of passage. But it's well, I think we wound up adding it as a as a point of reference because I, I don't know yeah. if we deliberately didn't put it in because we were doing that and we kind of had a little break there in our in our continuity for a while. But, yes, this yeah. is a rite of passage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's. It, I think it's it's a rite of passage that gets acknowledged by our overculture, right? Like you have a wedding, and the ridiculousness of what of the wedding industry and how expensive it is for this whole this whole show of, of one day. And I get it. Right. I, it I, again, I got a lot of Venus in my chart. I love all the beautiful things. Trust me, I'm into it. But it's not totally necessary. It can be very simple and sweet and beautiful, but to create the ritual that is unique to the people going through the ceremony together makes it way more meaningful and way more um, moving than just uh-huh. reading something off of the internet or out of a book that you may have read. Like, and I, you know, what I do with ritual when creating ritual is I'll often go to my favorite books. Or I'll look something up online for inspiration, and then I go and write it myself, or I create it myself. I'm not just copying and pasting something, because it's um, the ritual written is never going to be anything for another group of people as it was for the intended group of people. You know, right? So it's right. It's worth putting in the time to create something unique for your circumstances. Mhm, mhm, yeah. and that's really, and that's part of what witchcraft and paganism really is about. It's very individual. I mean, we may lo- use and learn all the steps by steps that you do, but in right. reality, it's those are the the um, the basic primer, uh, you know, primer uh, of what we do. But then you you take the things that are really meaningful for you and make it and it's you know one of the things that I always say to people when we're you know I'm working with them is you know it's your intent and your desire that is really the the biggest piece of the puzzle of what you want to put together and whatever you're trying to to create and um with two people or more than two it's who are these people and what is the puzzle you're putting together to make a bigger hole. So, mm-hmm. 
Um, it's exciting. It's challenging because, you know, some people yeah. come yeah. with, I don't like this part, and then the other ones, I don't want this part, you know. And it's as much of a negotiation <laughs> as if you're, you know, hand-parting and you're negotiating what it is you're 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 going to go away with. Right. So, yeah, um, there's one of those things that came out uh, many years ago now, but it was like, here are the ten most stressful things that happen to an adult in their life. And like, I want to say number two or three on the list was getting married. <laughs> it's like, Whoa. because there's a lot of, pre- there's a lot of pressure on a wedding. There's a lot of pressure on who gets invited, who's allowed to come. You have to deal with family members that you may or may not want to deal with. It's very expensive. Uh, you know, for some of us, there is this desire to keep up with trends and make sure we're getting the most beautiful and elaborate things. And, right. Uh, and it takes, it's a lot of work. You know, this uh-huh. is why people hire uh, wedding coordinators because it's actually a lot of work to put a whole day event together, like a wedding. Uh-huh. Um, so that's also something to keep in mind is that this is a having a, a party and making it a big wedding and t- turning a hand fasting into a more tr- more uh, traditional wedding as you might experience out in in our overculture. You know, it's a lot of work. It's hard and it's stressful uh-huh. and it actually leads to fighting within the couple and dealing with family trauma and drama and that can be hard. So it's important to also take a step back, delegate if you can. Uh, uh-huh. Remember your spiritual practices. Remember grounding and centering and breathing and giving yourself space when you're getting in those situations where you're triggered or it's hard or you, you know, annoyed by your mom telling you it needs to be this way and your uncle and cousin from Canada have to, you have to invite them and, you know, all that kind of bull crap that happens at weddings. <laughs> right, right. Because truthfully, this whole process of doing the hand fasting is the mini version of how your life is going to be put together. I mean, no matter how much we romanticize what we are doing, there is still the nuts and bolts of something, whether, you know, I mean, we could just go, well, yeah, you just create it and we'll be there. And that's giving your power away. And in truth, that's not what witchcraft and paganism is about either. Right. You know, it's about empowering yourself, empowering each other, and empowering the actual relationship. So um, I feel this is unique to each person mm-hmm. and each, you know, cult, you know, couple or more than, you know, couples. Uh, but it, I don't know, it, it's kind of like there isn't a brochure on how to do it. Right. Right, exactly. As with everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can't. I, I sometimes feel like we're a broken you. record every once in a while here where we're talking about things and we say, well, that's really great, and these are the books that have been written, and these are the traditions, and da 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 da. But realistically, you know, it's what you're going to do and be, you know, creative in your way, and there right. is no wrong way. I mean, Obviously, calling in directions, releasing directions. First of all, if we're in the northern hemisphere, we do it one way, and in the southern hemisphere, we do it another. It's because of geographics. But, you know, there are some things. But, you know, for where you want to place your altar when you're doing the hand fasting and where you want to place the things on the altar, I think is also very personal. 
It's not that rigid. Right. Yeah. And and personal is important. That's what that's what rich, witchcraft and paganism is about. You know, there is this concept of of devotion and working with deity or spirits or the elements or the land. Like that's important too. But it is also about self empowerment and how I connect to this planet and how I connect to other people. So it's definitely important to remember that you know it, this is about the individuals in the process and not about how it's supposed to look. Right. And that's yeah. the difference between what we are doing in this particular um, belief system and what is out there in the way it needs to look, you know, in terms of it's interesting. And I'll, I'll do a side note here about marriage, even though we're talking about hand fasting, is that I have been, well, I've been to two in person and a third one via internet of marriages back in Arkansas with young people, meaning they're in their anywhere from, well, most of them are in their um, late 20s, 30s, that, you know, in that area. And they are, they all have a different flavor and they're all funded by themselves. A lot of the parents don't fund their marriages and mostly the ones I've been to is because they're a second marriage. Um, possibly even a third one, but they are very personal. You know, they right. they have the minister, or they have in one of them they did, um, which was really kind of fun. They did a, a recreation of a it was a gaming. They were they were gamers, and so the particular yeah. game that they played, they recreated it in the way their marriage took place. Um, and so of course they you know had the the, the the whole process and the, you know, thing that they did. And I was kind of stunned because, of course, you know, I am not, I have, and I have to say this, I have had a certain viewpoint of certain places in our United States, and this allowed me to dissolve the rigidity of what people are doing. And mm-hmm. as much as we talk about our spiritual here, the the pagan, the witches, the Wiccans, the you know all of that, there's a lot of people out there that are are actually part of that movement, mm-hmm. but not necessarily directly saying this is where they come from or how they think. And I was really kind of tickled because they're they are making in the common folk when I say that, and it's yeah. not bad, they're making it their own rather than trying to, you know, go into hawk for, you know, a $10,000 wedding dress that you're going to use once. Right. You know. Right, exactly. You know, so, but, um, and it's, it's, I don't know, this, this, in this day and age, we really need to be practical as much as beautiful. I know both can be there. So. But um, do you have any other words of, of enthusiastic wisdom or otherwise on hand fasting? I don't think so. I mean, you know, to each their own. Some people don't feel the need, and there it's not a requirement. Uh-huh. But, you know, it's fun. I like having parties. I like planning parties. I like organizing things like parties. <laughs> I, like I can attest to that. Themes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like parties where people have to dress up. So, you know, I'm into it, but that's just 
and I've had I've had two hand fastings in my life. Not because I like having parties so much. I decided to get married twice. <laughs> but that's just how it worked out for me so far. You know, I'm 40. There's still time, I suppose, to squeeze another one in if it gets to that. But, um, but you know, it's a serious commitment, and I think it's important that people take it that way. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like committing to a coven or getting initiated or. The same. It should be taken with the same depth and reverence. Right, right. And uh, I guess in many ways I look at it as um, it's not a play. You know, it's not like you put it all together and it. You know, you put your characters out there and they do the things, and then you go off and you know you you become whoever you are when you are off stage. You know, this is right. really part of who you are and who your partner right. or partners are and it's really important to to incorporate that in and participate in it because you know yes we do grow and sometimes we grow apart and as you say sometimes one mm-hmm. partner doesn't one partner does um it's a lot of you know uh, things that make up a relationship and i i think hand fasting you know, and I love the idea because I did this with one of my significant others that never went to the marriage side, but it was a, it was a hand fasting mm-hmm. for a year and a day, and he broke it and went off mm-hmm. and decided it wasn't part of what he wanted, and I was one of those, no, it can't be over, and then finally, <laughs> you know, going through it was. Um, but I, I'm grateful for that because, oh, my goodness, if I had married, that person, you know, civilly in the in the governmental, you know, legitimate, you know, point of, you know, yeah. you are now bonded by government rules. I mean, oh my God, right. I, I shudder at that. So, right. um, I think it's a good thing to to test the waters because it's like living through one whole cycle of a year. And the mm-hmm. seasonal aspects and the requirements for all the time during the year, you know, that you have things, and one extra yeah. day, and it makes perfect sense because then you get to see the person in literally all lights. Right, right. Yeah, it's like a test run of, you know, the potential of this relationship. I actually, I don't know if this is true, so I'm going to tell this story fully understanding it might be, it might not be true, but I okay. believe I believe that in ancient Jewish tradition, people had a year-long trial marriage and that Mary and Joseph were in their year trial when Jesus was born. So that's why she was considered a virgin, because they weren't officially wed. They were in their trial marriage. Oh, wow. Um, So, you know... So this idea of having a trial is not necessarily a new concept either. It's just, uh, you know, the concept of marriage and commitment got overlaid by the rules of Christianity, and those became our civil rules, which are not necessarily, like the civil rules of the world do not necessarily match our spiritual inclinations. In fact, very rarely do I feel they match. So. You know, we can't always take what our what the cultural constructs are as what the rules are. We get to decide the rules, you know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Self-empowerment. No, for reasons, right. Yeah. For legal reasons, if you need medical, because, again, in the United States, like my, my partner is British, and most of his family 
Like marriage is not a big deal. People don't get married because there's no benefit to it. It doesn't give you a tax break. And they're, they're not, the British people consider themselves post-religious. So there aren't a lot of religious folks that are doing it for religious reasons. But in the United States, uh, we get health care benefits when we're married. We get the right of hospital visits and decision-making when we're married. We get survivor's benefits when we're married. And we get uh, medical, um, we can get medical benefits. Like my, I can put my partner on my medical benefits and vice versa. So it's also that cultural demand is built into our structure. Uh, but uh-huh. that is, that's all contractual. It doesn't have to impact your spiritual inclination. That can be a whole separate beautiful thing that's not just about money and insurance, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, anyway. we certainly <laughs> have, have run the gamut from one side to the other. <laughs> yeah, you know, like we do. Yeah, we do. We do it well. But yeah. – um, so next week we will not be live because we'll be doing a rerun of the Samhain. Samhain, uh, yep. Yes, since it happens actually between one uh, radio show and another, so we chose to do mm-hmm. it ahead of schedule. So Yes, Samhain so is after, Friday. Right, and after that it's Ask a Witch, I believe. That's right. So make sure if you have a question, if there's a topic you want to hear us talk about, uh, if you'd like to get a, a reading from us on the show, send us an email and go to the website, which is witchpriestesscauldron.com, and there's a little uh, option for the Ask the Witch segment, and just write, put in your name and email and your question or the topic you want us to discuss in the comment box. We will not read your full name on the air. We will not read your email address on the air. Um, so don't worry about that. And we will hopefully get to your question. We usually have more questions than time. Um, but if you get your email in sooner than later, you have a higher probability of making it onto our show. Uh-huh. Please do. Okay. Well. Yeah. And there we go with um, yes. one more show. <laughs> Yes. And uh, hopefully uh, the next time we are live on the air, we will have made it past all of our holiday excursions for October. And yeah. um, Phoenix will be more settled into the holiday <laughs> season prep, so it will kind yeah. of give us all a, a different feel. I so. know, and I have a I have a looming... Um, elevation coming so I'm also starting to feel that the impact of that in my coven like oh my my spiritual life is about to change a little bit too so that's also probably contributing to some of my chaos but that'll be good (laughs) there you go well we will see everyone on the air in two weeks please listen to us Alan next Radio show. It's always exciting to hear the same, you know, information, but you take it in differently each year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thanks for listening, and happy Samhain. And happy Samhain. Bye. Right, bye.
Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be. <laughs>